Good afternoon, and it is your girl, Leanne Antoine, right here on Chewing It Over. And we are going to be chewing it over. Remember, I am here every second Tuesday of the month, and I would really hate for you to miss it. And for those of you that constantly tune in when I'm here and keep on following my matters and the issues that I'm bringing up, I just want to thank you. It is the 12th of October today and we are celebrating Black History Month. I have to say I feel like I'm celebrating Black History every day and there are, have been lots of people who have asked me what I'm going to do to celebrate it and how am I bringing this to the forefront and I feel like I've done so much work in this space already to bring visibility uh, and representation just in the work that I'm doing every day. That for me is bringing black history into the present. Now, my guest today, and I have posted her about already, so she's not a surprise to people, but my guest today is Natasha Mills. And if I give you guys a little bit of a backstory, because I think it's important, um, it will just give you an idea as to why I've asked Natasha to come onto the show with me. So Natasha Mills is a physiotherapist. She is a success and transition coach. She has worked in Olympic sport, uh, international sport within her physiotherapy career. And hi, Talita. And when everything, I'm going to say, erupted with Black Lives Matter last year um, and there was the whole takeover on social media with the black tile. Natasha very, very boldly posted the black tile in, in, in a physio and therapist support group. So there were lots of different clinicians within the, within the group. And when she did that, lots of people responded in a way that they felt they couldn't understand why that needed to be done. What was the relevance that it wasn't topical um, there were lots of different comments about it. And at the time, people prompted me by tagging me to respond to the issue on Facebook. This was on Facebook. And at the time, I just remember being in clinic. I remember feeling very washed out, very fatigued with everything that was going on. And I wrote a message that stated that I was in clinic, but as soon as I had an opportunity, I would respond. But I also didn't feel like words were enough. So I did a video. And at the time, there were about 2,000 practitioners, clinicians within the group who then were like, oh, my goodness, there's actually racism within physiotherapy. And for some people, this was the first acknowledgement of any issue. That's how I'm going to raise it within I'm going to call it allied health, potentially, um, within definitely within physiotherapy. So without further ado, I am bringing on Natasha so that we can have a conversation. I'm telling you right now, I will be having Natasha back because there's no way that we can dissect some of the things that we're going to talk about today in 30 minutes or less than 30 minutes and make the most of it. But without further ado, I'm bringing on Natasha Mills. Hey, hey. Hi, welcome to the show. Welcome, Thank welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much I, for having um, me. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. And it's and it's an honour, you know, because I think that your actions then have given me a lot of visibility. Um, and I think I can probably safely say that I probably would never have given, I probably would never have dropped the tile into the group, you know, myself even if I was thinking we're not having the conversations within physiotherapy, 
we've never been having the conversations within physiotherapy <laughs> at that point. So I've always been conscious that I've always been someone who's just gone and gotten with it. Do you know what I mean? I totally and get that. To me, to have you on the show as we celebrate Black History Month was just so important. In my head, I was thinking, I'm going to do the show on my own. And then I thought, no, actually, Black History Month has been about so many people coming together collectively, even allies, to, to build the profile representation of, of Black people within industries. And I wanted to celebrate that with you. So I'm again, I'm really, really grateful that you have come on. I want to go back to the nitty gritty. And I know we've talked about a lot of things, but I, I do. I want to go back to why you put the tile in the group when you did. Like, just tell me what was going through your head, because I, I want to understand that as well. Why did yeah. you drop that in? I think, again, I, I, I'm going to be real with everyone here. I did not want to do this because I'm having a week off self-care. I preach it all the time. And I was like, I don't want to go there. Um, I dropped it because I've been in a really privileged position where I had a team of therapists in this in the in Warwick University where um, it was really diverse team. I actually I was the lead physio. We'd created this amazing team and this amazing safe space where we could all talk about those things. So I almost forgot that the conversation wasn't being had elsewhere. So, you know, my black physios, my Asian physios, my kind of, all, just all my massage therapist, everything, we all just were like, oh yeah, this is like, you know, so much has been going on. So we were just talking about these things that have affected us and continue to affect us in physiotherapy, but we had a commonality. And then uh, COVID struck. Um, I was being told that I was being made redundant, which meant that 35% of my team, which were from ethnic backgrounds, were also being got rid of. It wasn't handled particularly well. There was lots of structural hierarchy issues within there. I was one of the only people in a leadership position of like a person of color in a leadership position in that department. So I was like already super triggered um, and I was just dealing with all that stuff. And then um, George Floyd. Um, and, mm. you know, we so many things have happened since then. And we all just for in dealing with stuff we're like oh we're dealing with covid we're dealing with the fact we might lose our jobs we're dealing with the, the you know fear of our family and everyone's dealing with this and then that happened and the world woke up for a minute and you know what was worse was that we were like oh my god people are finally listening and wanting to talk about it and i can't handle it i haven't even got the space for this at the minute but i was like but they're listening so let me talk <laughs> so then i just posted this tile and I, again, stupidly optimistic. I love being optimistic. I was really surprised by the lack of reaction and the reaction I got. And then I was hugely triggered by the words that they used for you. Like I was, you know, it was like, why are you doing this here? You know, this isn't the space for it. And then the words they used for you was Leanne also eloquently put. And I suddenly was triggered by the whole physiotherapy experience that I'd had where you know, you, you've got to fit in, you've got to like merge, you can't talk about things without offending people. But if you put it in the right words, in the right tone, I mean, I had a, a therapist who would constantly talk like this in front of people, because that's the way he thought it'd be like accepted. But then around me, it'd be like, blah, 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 talking just normally. Um, and yes, well, I, yeah, it really, I did it naively. And then I was hugely triggered. <laughs> There are a couple of things in that. 
when you talk. Um, so firstly, the fact that when the team that you were working with were made redundant, you know, three quarters of that team being, you know, of an ethnic background. And the fact that in our minds, like that weighs on us, like it's almost okay to get rid of those people because of their colour or despite their colour. Like, and and I have to say there are times when certain things happen within a workplace that that is true. Like in your mind, you're going, has that happened to me because I'm someone of colour? Like if I wasn't black, would that look the same? Would they handle me differently? Like, and then this then spills into, you know, people of colour, do they know their rights? Do they know where to go to get support and help? And and a lot of people, and I'm going to say of colour, don't know where to go and they don't know what's available. And then also the fact, like you said, people then making reference, for example, to me about, you know, am I always putting it forward so eloquently? Like... <laughs> Most of the time, when I speak to people, I speak very raw and I speak very openly. Whether the tone makes that fall on you slightly differently, I cannot, I can't, I can't vouch for that for the person who's receiving the information because that's so subjective, you know. But what I remember at that time, and I've watched that video back only twice, yeah, only twice. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't even do it. I couldn't. And it was only really recently that I went back. Well done. And when I went back, like, I am in a state. I am at a point where I've lost inches off my hairline through my own stresses. This stuff has all snowballed because at the time I'd lost my great-grandmother, my great-aunt, you know, work was... And then, and and they were in the States. And, uh, you know... And I'd been subjected to some stuff in the States. And then having this thing that erupts and just feeling like I am so exhausted. And I was so exhausted, right, that I could not find the words in text to be able to write a message that I felt would be poignant. So I took to a video because I felt like it was the only way I could truly touch your heart for you to feel what I was saying, for people to feel what I was feeling at that time, that pain and that sorrow. And that wasn't just now because of George Floyd's death. That's like years of pain. Do you get what I'm saying? And and I think that the people that, that came to me, people came to me who didn't know me when I did that video they emailed they sent me linkedin messages people i had text messages from people i didn't i didn't know the numbers i had this influx of people that then wanted to to reach out and almost some of them just like i didn't know this existed this wasn't on my radar how has this been there and i haven't known and i think it also made some people really challenge their own practices at work like thinking about students they haven't treated well, thinking about members of staff they haven't treated well, you know, and and I've been there. I've seen some ethnic minorities being treated badly at work, but I've ne- not been in a position or never felt like I've been in a position where I could stand up for that person other than saying to them, I'm here if you need to talk, but not mm. being able, almost feeling helpless to that person. And again, you and I have had these conversations about certain situations being racist, prejudiced, 
but you can't really prove it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's 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 perception, isn't it? We we walk a different we walk in different shoes. So it's 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 it just takes to be a good human, you put yourself in other people's shoes, you you, you get collective empathy, but sometimes it feels that no one really wants to be in our shoes or see what it's like in our shoes or even admit that we've got different shoes um, what it must be like to wear them. And that's a bit that's hard because there's no acknowledgement. And I think it, I, I, I just kind of want to touch on what you just kind of said. It's a lifetime of pain. And what's really interesting is I went into there probably in the same position as you in pain. I might have posted it a different way, but I went in in pain. I didn't get any support from anyone in mm. the group. And that made me feel mm. further isolated from the profession, um, which, again, is my own baggage. I deal with my own stuff. I've got loads of therapists, coaches. I've worked with them all my life to deal with stuff. But it felt, I felt further isolated. But we had a great chat about things. And I felt really connected to you. And I felt really connected to people who were similar to me, but further away from people who didn't have the same kind of idea as as me because of the way that I may have put it across and and I was like I don't want to apologize for the way that I bring up these topics I, I want to be able yeah. to talk openly and freely and I think the way you kind of said is you bring a lifetime of pain and it's right it was George Floyd it's knowing that that was happening every month in the states and that it has happened in the UK okay. Stephen Lawrence watching yeah. COVID-19 play out disproportionately affecting people of minorities like we were we're still grieving from the Grenfell Tower, you know, yeah, the Windrush yeah, yeah. stuff. All of this stuff was there, and it's sitting there underneath the surface, as well as our own lived experience. And we're kind of just going, "Please listen to us." Oh, and we have to go to work and deal with this from patients and from doctors, consultants, and from each other. And I think um, one of the things for me, and we're talking, you know, you mentioned the Windrush, you mentioned a couple of. of um, pivotal moments I always express the fact that I'm of West Indian heritage but I'm born and raised in Britain right you're of mixed heritage I think you said to me mother white father black yeah yeah and, and I, I think what's always, important to realize yeah, as well on. is my family yeah. is so my um, British family is, is Scottish as well which I think right. it also, like, it's brilliant because it adds a different identity in there as well. I have strong Scottish roots as well. And, and with this then, what I'm always trying to explain to people is my lens, the way I'm seeing things, will be different to your lens and how you see things. Absolutely. So just because we we agree on the need for an increased amount of representation and visibility, the way that we might go about that might be different. The way that we feel about the need for that might be different. Like our drivers might be different. And then I always try to identify this as well. Like one black person's experience, acknowledgement of, of racism, prejudice, or their struggles in the workplace will be different to another's. And I think it's important for people to recognize that, yes, black lives matter, but the context of that for each black person is different, you know? For so. some people, and, and I can say this, um, you know, having, you know, because I've got, I say mixed race friends, uh, black friends, white friends, et cetera, but 
that, for example, for mixed race people, and I was watching something the other day and we talk about identity, like which, which way are people identifying more, for example. And, and some of this might be different that maybe the cultural side of things, you, there's a bit more cult, might be a bit more cultured on your Scottish side than it is on your West Indian side. Or do, do you see what I mean? So how you grow and the cultural experiences that you're exposed to will definitely shed a different light on how you see things. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and the way I describe this to people as well is that if if racism and structural racism didn't didn't exist, I wouldn't have experienced it because yeah. I grew up with a white mom, I had a white brother, I got white grandparents. Um, the fact that I can have a chat with you, Leanne, and we've got some commonalities and, and similar stories show that there's a there's a commonality there and it's yeah. how sometimes we're perceived and we enter a room. Um, and and that to me when I talk to people and have similarities, just as we as women have similarities with women, similarities. not all the same, yeah. but yeah, we have similarities. You go, oh, well, actually, then we've, we've got some work to do here because in reality, you know, I shouldn't have experienced it. it. My, my experience yeah. should be the same as my brothers, my white brothers, should be exactly the same in reality, but it's not. But so it's what's not. the difference? I walk into a, mm. a shop with a mask on, in, with a tracksuit on, a mask on, in the middle of the pandemic, that pandemic, and I'm followed around by the security guard. My white husband is not. Yeah. So there's a difference there. And he he was like, "Oh my god, I didn't even, I wouldn't have even noticed." And I was like, "Yeah, because they weren't following you." So it's like there's a yeah. My female friend a, expressed the same thing the other day about going into Sainsbury's and being followed, and she sort of followed her way to a, an empty an empty side of the shop, and the security guard was still following. And you know, she sort of confronted him and said you're supposed to be a security guard for the shop, <laughs> you know? <laughs> this stuff is still happening and, and we laugh, you know, and I chuckle about it because, you know, almost nervously, I think, because, because, it's, despite, true. <laughs> because it's true, number one, <laughs> but despite all the work that everybody thinks that they're doing, you know, we need, and we do, we need more black people on boards, we need more black physios, we need more black allied health professionals, we need more you know, ethnic backgrounds on all of these, in all of these panels and in all of these places, but we're still being subjected to this very openly in supermarkets, out on the street, despite all the conversations and all the recognition that this is now having. And, and I'm not gonna lie, it, like it breaks my heart. Because I feel like this work, and I know you wrote, you've done a post on LinkedIn and you stated, you know, you didn't want to come on and you... For a split second. I did, for a, for a split I did. second, <laughs> for a split yeah. second, but you did. But, yeah. but also expressing within that, that you know that this work is bigger than you, you know? And it's not just about your emotions. And I stand in that all the time. You know, I, I say all the time, I don't want every time I come on to, to the show for everyone to think I'm going to talk about being black, <laughs> you know, and that my, yeah. my issues are only ever surrounded about being black. But I am a person of colour on this show, and I know that a year ago I wasn't doing this, you know, and a year ago I didn't have this visibility, and, and a year ago I wasn't, you know, hadn't been elected to be on, on council. Like, do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, if you're not if you're not involved in it and you're not loving it, you can listen on the other days. But when I'm here, I'm going to be taking people from 
different backgrounds, diverse backgrounds, and I want to bring them to the forefront. And I want the people that are listening to really feel my passion, your passion, their passion about their subject matters. And I want us to get together as allies to drive behind these things. You know, somebody said to me the other day, they wanted to support Black History Month. And I said, we are not supporting Black History Month. You are celebrating Black History Month. You are not supporting it. <laughs> you yeah. know, you are celebrating it, even with all its pain. Because for everything that those pe Black people have been through in the past, or the past experiences that you and I have been exposed to, we are trying to make a future that gives us more visibility, more representation, and, and means that we can change some of the nuances in the future for our, our people, yeah? The people that we are constantly supporting and what we live and, and stand by every day. I wanted to challenge also, you know, what it's been like for you working in an Olympic area, you know, in an Olympic field as, as a therapist of colour. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And I also wanted to talk about what that looks like not just for you at a level of a, as a senior therapist, but also then for the types of sports that you're working within and the players that you were then treating, you know, your reception in that as well. C can you tell us yeah. a little bit more about that? So I kind of left um, elite sport physiotherapy from the Olympics perspective when I got made redundant after working with Great Britain Badminton. Um, and, it, you know, that was a great, it was, it was a diverse enough sport, you know, it's not as diverse as what it is, but you go abroad and, you, you know, Asia, India and stuff, you know, they've got some of the best badminton players in the world. But then our teammates, the, the GB team, would go to Russia and we'd have to kind of all stick together because we might get kicked out of a, um, a restaurant for being people of colour. Um, so being able to kind of be around an athlete who, like, be the physio, an athlete can walk into a room and go, oh, I don't want to go to Russia, and you're like, I feel you. We don't have to talk about it. We just go, I feel you. We like, know. we know. We just know. And it's so important, and that's the same. So I've gone back to physiotherapy working in cricket. Now, I know there's, there's not much diversity, like, you know, super high up in, in, in cricket. They're starting to be, which is great. But the, the team's really diverse. And actually, again, it's just that acknowledgement. It's actually sitting mm. there and looking at people grouped together. So they all sit together, you know, mm. uh, some of the Asians sit together, the white, you know, people sit together. And we're kind of, <laughs> I can then challenge that and just go, uh, you know, are you having lunch together instead of together? in your little groups? In your little groups, come on. And they look at me and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, good point. Or they just, there's just a knowing. And that gives people mm. that real, just a little nod. If someone says something that's a little bit ignorant, we can all look at each other and go, oh, and we can choose to tackle it or not, but they feel yeah. like somebody understands them. So I think that's really good. And then working, uh, I work as um, a mentor and coach, so performance lifestyle in Olympic sport and Paralympic sport at the minute. And I just keep raising the questions, especially around Paralympic sport, you know, it's not as diverse and I'm really passionate about social economic diversity and I think that's mm. something that I want to keep bringing up because um, you know Paralympic sport is not very diverse and actually if you, you come from a disadvantage I don't like using that word but disadvantage background financially you can't afford an eight grand wheelchair to get about to even access sport you need parents then be able to drop you off and some parents need to be carers you know if your parents are having to work they can't even afford the care for you to then even get to sport so it's, it's just having those conversations. The best thing about sport, though, is the change happens a lot quicker. So I think it's really slow. 
And then I come back to physiotherapy and we're still using the term BAME and I'm like, no, we're so slow. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I, I did do, so my, my, one, my very first talk with Arnie Puntus uh, up on YouTube, it was posted up on YouTube and somebody actually came in and was like, I don't like the fact that you're using the term BAME, you know, BAME. And, and I did respond to that person, you know, and, and often in relation into context and for the flow of conversation and for being able to access people. Um, you said loads of things that really, I say, tickled me. Um, I did a High Rocks event. I did the High Rocks event. It's eight one-kilometer runs and a workout after each run. And I did that. It was an hour and 38 minutes it took me to get through on my own. And at that event, I'm very conscious in a space when I go. And it doesn't matter where I go. Instinctively, I'm, I scan the room. Who doesn't scan the room, Natasha? Yeah. yeah and when I scan the room... When I scan the room, I can see that there are very few black women at this fitness event. But then you go back and you look at the adverts. Why would black women be on it when they can't see anybody that looks like them? Yeah, like, you can't be you unless you can through. see you. Can't be you unless you can <laughs> see I, you. And I think it's so important that more black women you know, start to get involved, more people of colour, more women start to get involved in these sports and activities. Because actually, we've got the potential to do exceedingly well. You know, we've got the potential to, to train. And, and again, you know, all of this stuff is, it, it, it is so deep. But if I, if I draw back and I go to, right, in order for me to eat healthy, uh, I'm not going to have rice and potatoes and macaroni cheese pie let's say, yeah? Now I'm switching it up and I'm gonna have my protein and my vegetables. But you know, in my heritage, we love food and we love those carb heavy foods, right? So you're, you're, what you're trying to unpick in my mind is even for us as black people, some of the things that have been so consistent, even within our culture and our heritage, Food is love, to, food is being oh, cared for, food is food more is than social, food. Yeah. Food is conversation, all of yeah. it. Your grandmother cooks a meal, you don't forget how she makes that boiling chicken, and all yeah. of it. You get, you know? And I, and I think that so much of it is also about us as people evolving, you know, yeah. and recognizing that process and how we can bring other people along with us. I think I'm going to do the High Rocks event and I'm going to do it with a man of colour, you know, you know, you know, which, which share delights me. Share my journey. He's not black, but he is of, of colour. And I think it's, it's just, if you're not, if you're not doing it in your corner of your earth, <laughs> even though it's small, but if you're not doing it, it never has an impact. It never reaches anyone. And I think some of the work that I'm doing is to touch my godchildren, you know, my godson's five, his sister's eight, you know, it's to touch, even I call them, I say I'm their earth mother, she's 10, you know, and she's white. But can she see what I'm doing when she says, oh, she's going to do karate, well, Liam is doing karate. And it, it's, it's just about having a really positive rippling effect within the entire community. You know, and I do think allyship is just so important. In the end, you know, I, I'm, I say I'm lucky. Uh, Gemma Oliver, you know, she allowed your post to go up. She didn't restrict that. She allowed my response. She didn't restrict that. She was 
very, very welcoming. And and I think this kind of traction, you know, we're still waiting, and I say it all the time, and I, a little bit of me feels almost awkward saying it so live on air, but you are waiting for the white person at the top to open the door. Oh, yeah, I say, but and I, I feel say open the door, sit at the table, you know. It, and, but and I, I don't even table. want the door. Yeah, I want, I want to be sat at the table, and I'm, get, I'm getting an invitation the, to more table. You know, and I... I know, yeah, I feel awkward saying it. I feel awkward saying it live, but that is the truth, you know? I'm so grateful to the people in our space, like yourself, who continue to do such amazing work, Natasha. And I know even when you feel exhausted, please continue <laughs> to walk this journey with me. I will, I will, I will. And you'll keep holding and me so will. Can I just make a request is... I keep trying to say to people is if your if your network isn't diverse, like make make it diverse. And the best way to do that now is on LinkedIn. There's no excuse, you know. If your LinkedIn is full of the same types of people with the same name, switch it up, add some different people, and then start seeing some different point of views. And I actually invited people in a networking an EDNI networking group to do the same. They still haven't added me, so I'm going to challenge them healthily again to say, you know, like add some of us because that's a way. It's not opening the door, but you know, it's a little insight. It's just putting it ajar. Um, and I Change think that's a simple way of just doing something really simple that can be really effective. Definitely. I I just want to thank you for have like for coming on sharing this I should have asked uh, Jack for an extended amount of time I do hope that the people that have tuned in have really enjoyed our conversation Natasha if people want to find you where can they go so just add me on LinkedIn um, so Natasha Lee Mills just just find me I'm there I'm pretty vocal but it's always with a positive intention so just find me on there and there's a link to everything else I do lovely thank you so much Natasha and I will thanks have you for back having on. me You're oh, very well. I've really enjoyed it I, I, I can't wait to talk to you after I'm this. looking forward <laughs> to a glass of bubbles face to face at some point I think we need to get that in the diary <laughs> definitely definitely thank you so much Natasha and I'll see you soon thanks a lot bye I just want to say thank you to everyone that's listening. I'm one minute over. You are not supporting Black History Month in October. You are celebrating Black History Month in October. But I want to encourage you all to celebrate Black History every day. And for every person of colour, particularly Black people at this time, if they are in your team, if they work with you, if you're trying to get to know somebody from, from a black, cultured black background, be open with your conversation, but recognise it is not their job to educate you. That is also your job. On that note, I am radioing out. It is Leanne Antoine here on Chewing It Over, I love to say that I am the Oprah Winfrey of healthcare. Have a wonderful rest of day. And if you would like to reach out to me, please do on any of the comment sections on any of these streams. 
And if I don't get back to you, Jack and the team will prompt me to get back to you. This show has been an absolute pleasure to do. Take care and I will see you next month.